0: Hey, folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast. It's called Successfully Funding. Here we go. Let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land, the land of raising money, money? Yes, yeah, probably one of the most difficult lands to navigate as well. Um, so I hope you guys are all having a great week, huh? This is like our second week in a row of doing three episodes a week, and I hope you guys can handle all of the podcasting and all of the crowdfunding conversations. So, so what is this? What is this podcast all about? You might be asking that. Maybe you're new. Maybe this is your first time. So, what we do here is uh, uh, I like to talk to and deconstruct world class crowdfunding conversations, right? I want to talk to creators while their campaigns are active. I want to get them right in the now, right? I want to get that energy. I want to know what they're going through, how they're feeling, things they did to be successful, right? Because so much what I found, let me backtrack. So much what I found is that when there's, you know, there's a ton of information out there. The best example is like Tim Ferriss has a great blog out there about how to raise whatever hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter in ten days. The problem is that that all the data in there is from a couple years ago, and the I, I would say the the landscape is a hundred percent different. A hundred percent. I actually about ten minutes ago got off the call with a guy who was like, "Yeah, I just thought I could just put up a page and run a Facebook ad." And he's like, "I got two hundred video views. I thought that's great." It's like, man, you have to have a straight up marketing plan you know you've got to have money for pay-per-clicks you've got to have a budget you've got to approach crowdfunding completely different so that's why we're doing this um that's why uh you know we're out putting the time in talking to project creators um and we've got a great episode today so on today's episode and uh, i'm just going to say this right now i'm more than likely i'm going to um botch this name because that's that's just that's just what happens to me Right? That's what happens. So Leonidas Vesperini, I think I said that one better. That one felt good. So why am I talking to him? Well, his Kickstarter campaign is for uh, the board game Mythic Battles. Um, I would strongly recommend everybody checking out this uh, this, this Kickstarter campaign. Uh, he had a uh, well, he, I say he, but he's a part of a of a group called Monolith Board Games, and they had a goal of $80,000, right? Yeah, they're at $984,000. They've overshot their goal by $900,000. So that's a, they're gonna, they're definitely gonna be a million dollar campaign here. And, you know, 6,800 backers. They had so much interaction going on that a new pho- phenomenon happened on the podcast. While we we're interviewing, he, you know, you know, I have to do these things through, um, I use Zencaster or Skype or whatever, some sort of online tools to, to record these, right? Because everybody's all over the world. He had so much, you know, dings from his notifications that we could he couldn't figure out how to shut it off. We just had to go with it. So you're going to hear that in the episode of how often, and he's like, every ding you're hearing is a backer or a comment. It, it, we, we have to come up with a phenomenon for this, so that when I'm talking to one of these active campaigns, you're actually hearing the activity going on. And it instead of it being annoying, it should be inspiring, right? It should be. So that's what's coming up on this episode. Second thing that's coming up on this episode, I guarantee you will not hear a, um, a guy more excited about board games than Leonidas. He... I, like the energy was k- bouncing off my headphones as I was doing the interview. And I know you guys are going to pick that up too. So I'm excited for this conversation because it was awesome. So, closing out a week, and uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm dreading something. I'm dreading Thanksgiving. And you know why I'm dreading Thanksgiving? Because there's drama already. What is up with families? Oh my God. I swear, it has to be that the moon's too close. And I know I said that in the last one. I I just strongly believe, I just firmly and strongly believe the earth, the moon is too close to the earth, and it's rocking all of us. So early in early in November, my sister was, Hey, I'm having Thanksgiving. You guys coming? Yeah, we'll be there. You know, it's only a half-hour drive as opposed to my aunt. So you know, we've already got all of our plans. We know where we're going. Guess what happens? Uh, Aunt Sharon's going to have Thanksgiving, too. Well, I'm already going here. Well, you, you you know, you guys should think about going here. Well, Mom, I don't want to. What? Why can't we all just go to Aunt Jenny's? Well, Aunt Sharon doesn't want to take Mark's new puppy because... You know, it's going to be in a cage first time. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Why on earth is a puppy dictating what we're doing? Uh-huh. What? Why? Why? So now we've got great grandma mad. We've got, you know, everybody, you know. And they said, like, where are you guys going? Where are you guys going? We need to plan. We need to plan. How much food are we going to make? Where are you guys going? It's like, I have to, it's like I got to call shots. You know what? Jenny talked to me first okay she talked to me first and therefore that's where i'm going maybe next time you know so so now what i've set in motion is um what i've set in motion is we're gonna announce thanksgiving um in like september uh oh guess who's up guess who's up from their nap that's my daughter nevee yeah i was probably talking too loud because i put the headphones on and i just go with it she's gonna want a snack here in a second guys yeah wake up from the nap you got to get the snack right Do you guys have that? Do you guys, when you guys wake up for, wait, who takes naps? I don't take a nap. I'd love to take a nap. You know, probably when I get a little bit older in my life, I can see myself just sleeping a little bit more, just always sleeping. So, um, but yeah, Thanksgiving. And I already know too, that nobody really wants to go to Thanksgiving because depending on where you voted, you probably hate the other person. So, you know, you, you probably got that going on. Or you're going to be sitting around with some people that you just know are now... They've identified themselves as... I'm a racist. You know, I, I don't really like certain um, people. Then we have the drama. Mind you, let's let's also remember about my conversation uh, after election. You know, my sister is gay. And my mom and everybody voted Trump. So, uh, you know, that very comfortable... Not real comfortable for her, right? mm I doubt it. So we've got that drama. I do think, too, that my sister is planning... Um, some sort of uh, unique attack or you know, passive aggressiveness of um, not serving my mom because I think I think what's... Okay, okay, I'll be right there, okay. That's Nevi, she's got to go potty. So let me go ahead and take a quick break, and I'll get right back to finishing that story, okay? Hold on. All right, I'm back. Snack has been delivered, a potty break has happened, and we're back on top. That's, mind you that's what it's like when you have when you're being an entrepreneur at home and you're trying to multitask and spin a whole bunch of plates and get your stuff done and your work done sometimes you just gotta you just gotta go with it right so hopefully you guys out there aren't judging me that um i just hit the pause button and i didn't create the perfect content right hopefully so where was i with our story so yeah thanksgiving i think right so got a lot of drama around that it's always amazing you know, that's coming up next week. Um, yeah, gonna, gonna fight through it, right? Fight through it. Just gotta put my head down and just suck it up. So, all right. You know what time it is? Yeah. It's that time in the podcast where I tell you, I need you guys to do stuff. Go tell friends that you like this. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your iPads or iPads. I said that I've said that before, wherever you get your podcast. So, go get it. Tell your friends. Download this episode. Share it with buddies. Second thing, join our Slack community. We've got a great community going on there. It keeps growing um, week after week and a lot of great stuff there. Um, and again, you get access to me, Paul LeJuan, Sean Neal, all the Woodshed Agency teams on there. So if you got questions about video or board games or um, you know, graphic design, social media, anything, any, any kind of questions, shoot us over the, shoot them to us over there and you will get a response. So let's go ahead and kick to my conversation, um, with Leonidas from Mythic Battles, Pantheon. And they are not even, I, there's no, there's no word to describe how epic their crowdfunding campaign is. Their Kickstarter is off the hook, huh? $984,000 on an $80,000 goal with two weeks to go. Two weeks, two full weeks to go. Holy cow. All right, here's my conversation. All right, the record lights on. This is where the pressure sets in. Are you ready? I am. All right, awesome. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, what your project is? that's on Kickstarter.
1: Okay, my name is Leonidas. Uh, I'm uh, the the okay. I'm the the director of uh, Mythic Games, which is a publishing company, and we just uh, released uh, a Kickstarter on Mythic Battles Pantheon. Uh, we co-published this Kickstarter with Monolith, uh, who, who did the amazingly successful Conan Kickstarter, uh, which is being delivered now to the, uh, U.S. backers. So they are receiving it now. And this is the new big project that we have. Uh, it's a a board game based on, uh, great mythology with tons of huge minis and, and that's it.
0: Nice. Nice. So... Just so my listeners know, y- y- you're absolutely crushing it in the uh, the board game world right now. With 21 days to go, you're at what uh, 638 thousand dollars with about oh,
1: something like that. Yes, that yes it's you're doing well. We <laughs> we're doing well. We we crushed the uh, the you know we funded in three minutes. I think something like that. And uh, uh, yes, there was <laughs> there was a lot of expectation, and it's yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been wonderful so far, and it's far from finished. So yeah. we're. Still uh, we're still working uh we're still working on it
0: so so tell me a little bit about the actual gameplay uh you know what happens when you dive in uh and set it all up and get ready to go and play what happens all right so
1: there are different ways you can play the game uh the first one is you you well you if you don't have much time, you just want to open and play there's something called the skirmish mode uh the skirmish mode in the skirmish mode you you just uh Take the minis out, uh, you shuffle the cards, and you start the game by drafting. You will draft your forces. In the game, you play a god. You play a fallen god. Uh, someone who's lost, a god who's lost their immortality, and who wants to gain their powers back. So, uh, in in the, the game starts with a draft, which means you can play from two to four players, and uh, you, you will first choose one god. Uh, gods do not cost anything. Uh, you, you need to play one. You play you automatically play with a god. It could be Zeus, Athena, could be Hades, Ares, and all the other gods that we've unlocked uh, through the Kickstarter, which, such as uh, Hermes or Apollo, or some of the other gods that are going to come. And then, depending on the number of players uh, you have, uh, a budget, a, a recruitment points budget. Uh, with this budget, you will be able to buy monsters, heroes, uh, or troops. Um, and usually, you all know them because uh, they are they have been resurrected in this world. It's a chaotic world. Hades was co- could no longer uh, watch uh, the underworld, so uh, the the most famous heroes could climb up uh, the river Styx, and they are back and uh, because the the titans were released from Tartarus, which is the prison in the underworld, uh, they are back too, and so are all the monsters that were locked in the t- in Tartarus. So you can, you can draft and create your army uh, out of all the, the most famous monsters and heroes you know. Uh, each of them will cost from one to four points. Uh, in a two-player game, you have 12 points to spend, and so you create your army like this, uh, if you are uh, four players, you only have uh, eight points uh, to spend. And a three player game you have 10 points. Hmm. And uh, as after you've drafted and you created your army, so you never really play with the same army from game to game. But after you've done that, then uh, uh, the objective is very simple. Yay. Either you kill uh, the opposing God or uh, you absorb uh, some energy gems, uh, and a certain number to win the game.
0: Wow, sounds like a sounds like a really cool, unique way on how you're doing the points and stuff like that in the game. So, where did the idea for this game come from?
1: the The game was first released in 2012 uh, by uh, the author called Benoît Vogt, who is uh, my partner on uh, Mythic Games, uh, the, the, the the publisher. Okay. Uh, but the game. When, when it was released in 2012, it was just a regular board game with no minis. Uh, Kickstarter hadn't changed the industry yet. Yeah. And uh, after the Conan success, in which I was involved, you know, I was one of the guys working on Conan. Uh, yeah. After that, uh, Benoit came back to me. I knew him from before uh, because I... Uh, I'm also uh, a publisher. I own uh, uh, a miniatures magazine called Ravage. And we had done an article, a great article on mythic battles in Ravage. And I had told him, well, uh, it's, it's, it's too bad uh, that this awesome game doesn't have mini- miniatures. It would have been fantastic. And after Conan, Benoit came back to me and said, would you like to, do to, start to, to reboot uh, with me mythic battles? And how about we do it? the way it should have been from the beginning. It's awesome. Uh, like Conan with miniatures. And that's how, how it all started. So what, what's
0: the process uh, in terms of making these miniatures and getting the artwork all ready to go and, and you know, I, I guess plastic molding, right? Or plastic injecting. Like, like, what is that process and how long does it usually take?
1: Well, it's an interesting question. Uh you people don't realize uh, the amount of work a project like this means uh, just for you for your information there are 73 people working on the project wow. 73 different persons who've been involved in some different aspect for instance we have uh, 12 sculptors the Uh, 10 artists. So the artists draw uh, a a concept art. And from this concept art, we turn them into a miniature. So we we need sculptors. And then when it's done, uh, we send it uh, to to the mold, uh, to the production in China. We do a mold, um, a plastic, a mold for plastic. uh, And then we we receive the the cast uh, for, uh, for the minis. Uh, and then, uh, we, we, we have the, the first prototypes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is just one part of, of what, of the work we have to do. You also, we have also, uh, a team of, uh, 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 scenario makers, uh, because the game I told you, the the first version is you can play uh, one-on-one in a skirmish mode, but you also have scenarios and that gives you a completely different feeling. But those scenarios have to be written by some people. So we have a team of uh, scenario writers uh, and then uh, all the other aspects uh, of the game, uh, uh, are there, you, you need to do marketing. We, we play tested the game and we did a, a tour in, and we, 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 we had over 800, uh, public play tests. Wow. So we did this, uh, this thing and then the marketing aspect, of course, uh, to make, so because we wanted the note, the game to be known. So. It's, it's a, it's a huge thing. We, we've invested much more than, uh, what you usually invest in a board game. But this is because of Kickstarter. Because, uh, because we co-published with Monolith and Monolith was very successful with uh, Conan. We invested uh, a lot of money in this new project. Uh, but you can see where we invested the money. We have over 150 piece, pieces of art, uh, by the greatest artists, uh, in the industry, so, such as Steph Kopinski. Same for the sculptors. And so, uh, we invested a lot, but now it's, it's paying off. Uh, after 18 months of work,
0: we are, we can finally, we could finally launch, uh, last week. That's awesome. So. So with eighteen months of work, eighteen months of work going into this, what has been the like, the biggest roadblock or pivot where maybe something just couldn't get done or you couldn't get that sculpture Like, like what was the you know? And if there was one, was there like a down moment at all where you might have had to pivot to something else?
1: Well, we never uh, we we wanted to be. Completely prepared and ready for the Kickstarter, but you realize that you can never be, uh, fully ready. There's always new things, uh, that you could do better. And when, when you wanna, when you, as, as much as you wanna be ready, there's always, you always need some, uh, improvisation. You, you, there's always something that you'll have to, to make up as it goes, you know? Right. Uh, and it, that includes even now. So, uh, we 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 wanted, for instance, uh, the rules to be uh, to be totally ready and printed. But after you show them to some people like uh, FFG who, who are interested in the game, they they want to distribute it and they want to do some organized play when the game releases in retail. Then you realize, well, uh, we should we should modify this, or we could do a better layout or something like this. So, for instance, this uh, having the rules. Completely ready by day one. Uh, we didn't feel confident enough to do to to show them, but we will do that during uh, this Kickstarter. We will r- release them. But, uh, for instance, uh, this is
0: one example. Right, right. And, and kind of my follow up to that is over that same period of time. What was like the highlight? What's been the best moment where I don't know? A couple things came together and just really showed that this was going to be an awesome, awesome game.
1: Uh, usually the awesome moments are first when you receive a beautiful concept art. So you, you start talking to the artist about what you would like to be drawn and then they come, they come up with uh, an amazing concept that is spot on you know that is exactly what you wanted or even better than what you wanted and then you realize that your game is is coming alive that you 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 enter this universe that you you are there right right Uh, and then the second greatest moment is when you when you receive the sculpt of, of this concept and sometimes uh those are artists you know and i personally am very touched by what the artists do and both uh, uh, the the uh, the drawers and the sculptors are amazing artists uh, one of the highlights was probably when we received uh the atlas miniature right uh atlas is a titan so i think it's the first time in a kickstarter that we offer as a stretch goal a huge mini like this one mm. uh atlas is uh, is one of the biggest mini ever to be offered as a stretch goal in a Kickstarter campaign. And uh, when we received the sculpt, we were amazed. Everybody was just uh, in awe. (laughs) Uh, It's taken probably uh, uh, almost four weeks to sculpt. So it's been a a huge work for the sculptor. uh, And it's... uh, just uh, looking at it, and I'm as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at it right now. It, it's just, uh, it's still as
0: still as, as much of a pleasure. It's still rewarding. <laughs> What's the sculpting process like? I mean, is it clay? Like, like now you might be getting. I, I'm not. I don't know much about board games. I've been learning a lot yeah. on the podcast. But what, like, what happens when it goes into the sculpting mode?
1: Well, uh, we use two different techniques. Uh, you, you have the traditional sculpting method. So people will sculpt out of, uh, Fimo paste. something called Fimo paste. Uh, it's uh it's something that is soft you know it's a paste uh, that is soft uh, that you can work as long as you want and when you feel like uh, the sculpt so it's uh, they're doing it on scale at the very same scale as you want it mm-hmm. it's not bigger or smaller it's uh, the the very same scale and when the sculptor feels uh, his sculpt is 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 finished he will, uh, put it in the oven and, uh, you know, and, and then it becomes solid. It, 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 it becomes, uh, straight. He does, he does all the, the little finishes, uh, with, uh, green stuff, which is another paste, uh, that will, uh, become hard, right. uh, that will dry hard, you know, right, right. uh, and then it's done. And then, uh, he sends that to us, and this is what we call a master. And this master will then be sent uh, to China so they can do a mold out of it. Right. And then uh, the mold will produce all the plastic uh, ones. So this is the first technique we use. But we also have now uh, 3D uh, sculpt, sculpting, and we have almost half of uh, half, half, right? Half traditional, hmm. half uh, 3D uh 3 d sculpt. sculpts and 3 d sculpts they use uh a software uh, either uh, z z brush or some others you know right. and they completely do it uh in 3 d usually the best sculptors are the one the ones who 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 did uh, traditional sculpting before going to this software because uh, sculpting minis is not like sculpting uh Uh, a a statue. The proportions have to be different. There are many things that you need to take into account. And so they do it on a software and uh, they send it to us. The the advantage of a software is you can make it as big as you want or as small as you want. You can do some changes and uh, it won't take as much for the the artist to change that. And once this is done, we we do a 3D printing of uh, the mini and that becomes our master, and then this master is sent to China, and the, the whole process can go on again. So same as what I
0: described with the the three D model, but we need to three D print it. Yeah, that sounds like some time is spent on that on that portion. Yeah, sounds so intricate, you know, here and there, all the little details on that. So, so what's your background a little bit on uh, uh, on you? what what? what where do you come from? <laughs>
1: Okay my my background uh well you know uh, I I'm first a role playing uh, a role player Uh, I've been into role-playing game forever. I was one of the first people to discover role-playing game. Uh, And uh, after that, I was so much into that that I created a a fanzine, a fan magazine uh, that became uh, famous in France. And so I started having proposals from uh, publishers because uh, role-playing games were becoming published. So I I translated some uh, American role-playing games, such as uh, Shadowrun, for instance, or uh, L5R and many many others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and eventually, I become I became involved in. I started writing uh, scenarios for uh, role playing game magazines, and I became uh, an editor myself. Uh, so for many years after I started, like I, I told you, for many years, I was the editor in chief of uh, game magazines. Mm. This is how I met Benoit. This is how I met some uh, some other guys uh, from, uh, you know, from the game industry. Uh, and this is how it all started uh, for me uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, I started, uh, the, the, my, my story on Kickstarter started because uh, I was... Uh, talking to a, a game designer who became a friend. And uh, we were talking about our tastes and what we would like to see in games. And this is how Conan was, was first born. Wow out of this discussion so uh i was involved in conan i was not part of the company who published it but i was i I was part of the team and uh seeing the success of conan it gave me uh i wanted to do more and uh and and i just uh, created a company with my partner who is the author of mythic battles and this is how uh i'm there today that's cool where did you grow up I grew up in France, so i I was born in Paris. I'm French. Okay. Uh, we we well, most of the uh, of the team we have are from uh, from France. We we have some uh, uh, Americans, some English people, uh, some people from uh, different countries because we 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 hired the best. Uh, sculptors, and uh, sculptors are very good in France, because we use a lot of people from Rackham. Rackham was a famous uh, uh, company doing miniatures, and uh, they they work also, uh, some of them work for Cool Mini or Not, you know, uh, uh, they did uh, Zombicide, for instance, and uh, and they, also, they now work some of, of them work
0: for us. Wow, that's cool. So, what was the board game community like growing up in France? Uh, if, you um, know, what, what was it like? Was it huge?
1: I think France France uh, is is probably one of the country where <coughs> board games are the most popular. Really? Right. Interesting. Yes. Uh, people think uh, are thinking uh, Germany, but uh, France is probably now a bigger market than Germany. Uh, and if you compare to the population, it's more popular in France than it is even in the USA. Of course, USA is still the biggest market, but uh, per inhabitant, per inhabitant, France is uh, much uh, much stronger.
0: So, so walk me through then, kind of as you're growing up, like like where does the first kind of role-playing game come in? And to where? I mean, you can you feel the passion of role-playing games coming off you, right? <laughs> you, even in this podcast. So, like you know, you're. Beaming with knowledge, right? Absolutely.
1: It it has had a a tremendous influence on the the games that we're working on. For instance, on Mythic Battles... There is a background. Everything is explained and we tell everything. We always want to tell stories. And this is, this all comes from a role playing game. When, when, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I discovered role playing games in, in England. Uh, uh, I, I would go there to, to practice my English, to get better in English. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I saw some minis in, uh, in the window of, uh, of, of of a game store. I entered uh, because I was fascinated and they told me it was a role-playing game with miniatures and he told me, "Do you, are you interested in uh in 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 buying one?" And I said, "Sure, I want to try." And there were two games. There was one called Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and uh, the other ones was RuneQuest. So I don't know if you know about RuneQuest, oh, yeah. but it, yeah, it's it's a, an incredible game set in a fantasy universe much like Lord of the Rings, you know, like everything is just uh, uh, completely uh, um, everything is invented, but very it it looks very real. You see, uh, and so the the game was was based in this fantasy universe, and this is how uh, I started. I was uh, fourteen years old, and uh, it it became a huge passion, and uh, I, I could. Couldn't do anything but play this game and gather with my friends and, uh, uh, I apologize. Okay. You know, the the, 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 computer is, uh, <laughs> synchronized with so many. Yeah, yeah. But I received message and, uh, so I, I can change, I can change it. Uh,
0: okay. So, uh. Well, what did you, what did your parents do?
1: Oh, uh, well, um, my dad is an engineer. Uh, my mom, uh, well is uh, the daughter of an artist but more into music uh they were not really into that so uh it's just my own taste which brought me to games uh and uh, yes it's it, it's it's really out of passion that all this uh started um i did studies i studied in the usa i i graduated for an mba in in boston and um, but uh, i didn't want to go in a, in a more classic uh, kind of job. I wanted to do this, so I, I tried, and uh, and eventually I, I became a journalist, and now uh, a game That's publisher.
0: Cool. Now, were the parents supportive when you said you were gonna, uh, you know, get into board game design or you know get, get into that? <laughs> they
1: were. They, they they wanted something safer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't they all? I mean, so, I'm doing yes. a podcast right now. I'm sure my parents are like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: But you see, I was right to believe in, uh, in my, in my dreams and, uh, to, I, I started with, uh, more classical jobs, but I would do this, uh, on my free time. And once I, I started, uh, being able to write and to get paid, uh, I tried, I said, okay, well, give me one year, uh, and I will, I will, I will try. If it doesn't work, I will come back to a more uh, traditional way and, uh, and it's paid off uh, because I really think when you really want something and when you're ready, when you're patient and when you have passion, and
0: you you, you can do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said before, I, I can feel it off you. This is what you do. You do board games. You know. So let's let's flip the switch a little bit over to the actual Kickstarter. That's like I like we said before too is doing really well. What was your overall strategy before you launched um, uh, this game?
1: We wanted to have a major playtesting campaign for, for many reasons. We wanted feedback from the people to make sure that the games... We, we didn't want to just uh, do a game and make money. We wanted to make sure that we, we were doing a great game. Uh, so now it's uh, a lot is about communication. So if you... Uh, if you do that ahead of time, if you do a lot of marketing and communication, especially on Kickstarter and if you have great artists, you can sell good uh, you can sell the game but we didn't it was not our intention our ten- our intention was to do a, a wonderful game, not only a beautiful and a very and high quality game a luxury game if you want, but something a game that people would play for years and for this reason for this reason. We, we, we organized a huge, uh, public demo, uh, campaign called uh, the Mythic Tour. (laughs) The Mythic Tour. And, uh, we, we, we had over 50, uh, 50 towns, uh, or places where we went and made, have, People demo the game, uh, including in the US. We went to Gen Con, uh, we, we went to uh, Ireland, we went to Essen in Germany. Uh, and every time uh, we, we had the feedback from the people and also our own test made us uh, try to uh, to make sure the game is balanced. So we, 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 we did everything until the game was absolutely perfect, very, very well, uh, um, very well balanced. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that was our initial strategy, and it was not just for this. It, 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 the, the other good side about it is that uh, your 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 game becomes famous before it even uh, starts. Right. So people uh, everywhere were very interested in the game, and they, they they were expecting the Kickstarter, and so we we built a community by doing this for one year and a half. Uh, so this was our strategy, uh, building a community, giving, uh, having feedback and trying to improve the game, and then uh, spending uh, on art and on uh, sculpts. We wanted uh, an
0: incredible-looking game. You've definitely accomplished that. I mean, the, the sculptures and the artwork is just, I mean, just beautiful. You know, they're all little works of art. They're so amazing. So, 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 a strategy that I, I, you know, and I, I have seen a ton of Kickstarters, and I've ran a ton of them, but i I very rarely have seen one with just two rewards, reward tiers, and then the amount of add-ons you have. Where did that strategy come from? And obviously, it's working. But, 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 what was the goal behind the strategy?
1: We wanted something simple. We wanted uh, the the pledge to be a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Um, we chose to have a lower uh, entry entry price uh, than what we did for Conan for Conan yeah. you have two pledges and one was a more luxury luxury thing we wanted something to be to be easy and uh, n- not too expensive so we went we went for that uh, and then for for the uh, the uh, well stretch goals we decided that we would give a lot of stretch goals including uh, a Titan, as I as I mentioned, it, it's very important because it's a it's a very costly stretch goal. It's it, it's going to to cost us a lot, but we wanted to do that. We wanted uh, this campaign to be crazy right. <laughs> and just uh, yes Yay. to to please people and to make sure they would talk about it. Uh, and then uh, the add-ons, um, well, on a Kickstarter because we had an, a, a small entry point, we needed to add some uh uh so, some more. Expansions or optional buys, uh, so, so the, uh, the average basket would be higher than the, uh, for the base, basic pledge. Mm-hmm. Actually, preparing a Kickstarter is like creating a whole a range for a game. So all the expansions that would usually take years to, to be released, you prepare them in advance and then you sell them during the Kickstarter. Right. This, is, this was our strategy
0: and and I'm a, and how much did that impact then the gameplay and how far you know a character could go or this could happen or this could happen like you know it seems like you can get crazy then with the amount of stretch goals and stuff you guys have
1: you can you can be crazy the the, the great thing about this game is um uh, it's not just adding some new characters uh that will look cool or that will uh uh, it's it's creating a new gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some games, uh, the add-ons they, they, they have are new heroes or new monsters, but they don't really change the gameplay. It's just uh, instead of playing this hero, I'll play this hero. He has a little bonus there or a little uh, thing. Uh, here, it's a complete gameplay, and uh, the game plays with combos, mm. right? Okay. So... Uh, so uh hello are you still there? Yep, yep, I'm here. So uh these uh these combos every time you you add a new character you you have a new a, a, a new things a, a new range of possibilities. Uh so uh it's not just adding one new uh character it's adding a new gameplay for each character. So those new minis are of course cool looking uh, but uh, they will uh, open up new possibilities because one character will will be uh, a great combo with another one or with this one or this with this one so you can you can you can try and build some new strategies uh, and they are opened by the new uh, the new characters that we
0: add and so how do the playtesters kind of keep up with this stuff, right? I mean, it seems like when I you had know. well, somebody, it could I it know. could change almost everything, right?
1: To be, to be totally honest, uh we we could we could make sure that we have no surprises with the core set because we've done literally hundreds of uh games Yay! on the core mm-hmm. set, like the mini that on the core box. Uh but with all the stretch goals and the add-ons we haven't been able to try all the the, the possibilities. So it's possible that uh, there is some combos that will appear when the game uh, is on the market, you know, Uh, and we must be ready to fix uh, anything that would be broken, uh, that would, so, so uh, we've had a, a very, very interesting conversation with the guys from FFG, the OP guys uh, who really love the game and who love uh, the all the combos that it allows. And uh, they told us to be ready to to change at any moment uh, if, if something uh, broken appears, to be able to fix it very, very fast. And that's what we will do. Cool.
0: So yeah. outside of the kind of year and a half of just, basically ground game playing the game getting people play testers on board you know what was was there any other strategy that you would recommend for somebody else getting ready to do a board game you know Facebook ads a mailing list um, what else would you recommend for somebody
1: well it's true that uh, communication is uh, as if not more important than the quality of your game and the, all the things that I've told you Uh uh, building a community is something important and that's what we've done, but it's true that communication has been a key factor. Uh, now, uh, Facebook has, uh, it, it has taken over the many blogs, you know, maybe not all of them, but many of mm-hmm. them. Now a communication through Facebook is definitely something very, very important and we could see that we builded our community out. Uh, even our facebook community step by step uh it takes time it's uh, I, I don't think it's possible to to build a community in uh, just a few days or a few sure. weeks it takes time so you got to be patient and we were patient and uh, we ne- we never cheated we didn- never bought any any fans or you know we we, we 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 did it uh you know the classic way waiting and posting and and building something uh, uh something exciting but it takes time.
0: That's, uh, that's what you have to know. So, so walk me through what the next 21 days look like now that your goal is squashed. I mean, you've, you know, you're hitting home run. You got a ton of backers. Uh, are you sitting back with the hands up and uh, drinking champagne? Or are you guys still uh, nose to the ground?
1: Oh no! (laughs) Everybody is uh, absolutely working uh, uh, nonstop. I mean, we we haven't slept much. Uh, We we sleep probably three or four hours a a day, Uh, and we're all busy working on the new stuff. Even if we told you, I told you that we wanted to be ready, uh, we have to adapt, and that's another thing. We are we are adapting to what the people are telling us doing this Kickstarter. So uh, they, they, they want an art book. Okay, well, we didn't plan on having an art book. Never mind. We'll have one an, an, an art book and we'll be working on showing something to the people. That's, that's an example, but it could be for anything. If they, they require a specific uh, uh, expansion or uh, add-on that we haven't uh, thought of, well, we'll do it. And also just keeping up with uh, everything that's happening, answering the, the, the comments, uh, uh, preparing our uh, updates or everything takes time. And uh, so uh, the whole team is all focused on uh, following the, uh, the the campaign and making sure it never never becomes boring. Who, who, that's the, the last thing we
0: right. want. <laughs> now, who, who's in charge of uh, answering the comments? Because they're up over 9,000 right now. Are you guys answering each one of those one by one?
1: No, we're not answering <laughs> all of them, but we're answering a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, I know, 9,000 comments. Can you imagine? No, I can't. It just,
0: it's a right? ton of comments in, in what, like nine days, something like that. Uh, uh, you know, not, not even, even uh, I... a week. Just yeah, just just one week, a little over one week. So. That, that's that's crazy, and th- that excitement must be awesome. So you know,
1: so you know, we have a guy. We have a guy who is nonstop.
0: He's the comment guy, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, we have one guy who is uh, who is uh, who is doing it. Uh, he, he's called the Voice of Olympus, <laughs> and uh, he's a great guy. His name is Jake Thornton. He's uh, British, and uh, he used to work for Games Workshop. I don't know if you know Games Workshop, uh, but it sounds like he, he well, might have a new goal. He used to get time for a magazine called White Dwarf, uh, so a lot of gamers know about this, uh, and he's there nonstop uh, answering and. He's tried the game with us so much. He's a game designer himself, so he knows what he's talking about. And uh, and it's just like waking up in the morning, putting on uh, the headset, and answering, answering, and uh, some of the questions, not all of them, because not all of the co- comments uh, require answers. But answering, uh, you know, the the questions that are asked, and uh, uh, usually sometimes. You have the same questions asked uh, over and over again, and so uh, he's trying to 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 do to, to prepare an FAQ or an. Uh, it, it's just being there. I think uh, people in in uh, Kickstarter love to be uh, uh, to be with uh, with other guys. They, they they love to be heard. They love to feel that we care, and uh,
0: that's what we're trying to do. That's cool. So. You know, you obviously know this is going to be a success, obviously. What does what the next year, year and a half look like for you and the company?
1: Um, well, after uh, we are finished with this campaign, we'll make sure, we'll work hard to make sure that we deliver on time. We've announced a delivery of uh, one year after uh, the Kickstarter. If we can deliver earlier, well, that's fine. We'll try to, but we don't. We won't promise that. But uh, the, the the latest we, we want to be to be there is one year, uh, and after that, uh, well, we are going to become uh, a company specialized in uh, this kind of project. So we'll have some other projects coming up. We've already uh, worked
0: on them, and uh, this will be the next step. Uh, so I think I got one more question for you. If you were on a desert island, what would be the one game that you would take?
1: Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, I'm so focused now uh, (laughs) on it. Uh, It would be the one uh, we work in now.
2: Oh,
0: (laughs) I don't
2: know.
0: (laughs) Is it too easy or too obvious? That's too obvious of an answer. I know you like this game. Obviously, everybody knows that. But what would you take? All right, right, then what's the top two games you're taking? Top two games? There you go. What's the? Oh. What's the other game? There's got to be one. Oh, the
1: other game. Okay. Oh well. Uh, the other game. Uh, well, depending, if, if am I alone on this
0: uh, uh, on this island? Uh, you got a buddy there. You don't have to play by yourself.
1: Okay. If I got a buddy, well, I would probably uh, take uh, chess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Wait with the simple <laughs> It's a great game. I think it
1: very, very different, but. Uh, it's for the replay if i'm if I'm stuck on an island uh and uh I know I will be standing uh, years or years, I would play mythic battles because I know we we've uh, fifty four scenarios it would take a long time before we finish <laughs> <laughs> and chess because it's infinite You're right. uh, you could play uh, any any time and it it would make my mind work uh, Uh, while I'm bored uh, on this island. So (laughs) we keep my mind busy. There
0: There it is. Well, uh, well, uh, Leonis, I thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to to jump on. And uh, this was a great, great great interview. Um, I really appreciate it, man. And you got a monster game here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I apologize for the noises. You know what those noises uh, are? Comments. Those backers. Are all the people who do comments. Yeah, backers uh, sending us, uh, sending me questions. Uh, so every time you hear this, it's, it's comments yeah. that is comments. I th- and I couldn't find a way. I tried during this interview. Couldn't find a way to to stop. No, it, I so. think it,
0: what it, what it's going to be is it's going to be incentives for other people who are thinking about running a, a crowdfunding campaign. To, that's what it, that's what you're going for. Another day, another day, another day. That's what you want (laughs) happening during an interview with with somebody who's successfully funding. (laughs) All right, what did I tell you? Did you feel that energy? That's what I was talking about. And how about the dings? I'm mean, seriously, that's the the next people that are on the podcast. That's what I want to hear. Right? That you're you're funding so fast that the dings are literally overtaking you. That's awesome, huh? Um, so, uh, like I said, hope you guys have a great weekend, and uh, hope you guys uh, are out there having great great fun, and um, you know, getting your campaigns going. And uh, next week we've got two great interviews plus a holiday. So, um, yeah, let's talk about this track a little bit. This song's called Hindsight. Uh, This is actually one of the very first tracks I wrote a long, long, long time ago, probably 15 some years ago. And it appeared on our album called The Ray Stable Story. So hopefully you enjoy it and uh, hope you guys all have a great weekend. Talk to you all on Monday.